1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome, one and all, to the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder, before we get started, that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As mentioned, this is the SB Nation NFL Show, where you guessed it, we love to talk about the NFL. We do that all week long. You can listen, of course, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe leave a rating, write a review, tag us in your Spotify rap. Those things are super fun. You can also watch us, if that is your cup of tea, on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel, Facebook page, or Twitter page. Uh, You can basically access us wherever content is displayed across the internet. I say us, I say we. We are SB Nation, the fantastic, the GOAT, Rachel Prevet on the ones and twos. As always, my name is RG Ochoa, and with me, my co-pilot, the one and only, the <sighs> handsome, the debonair with a voice as silky smooth as Frank Sinatra. <reizer> it is
2: what a morning. You know, what I don't stuff.
1: I don't celebrate oh, your okay. failures like well... this. Wow. You know, you I, I'm such like our, our relationship and our friendship is such a one-sided <laughs> thing. Like I shower you with love and affection and praise. Um I will say I did take a shot at you on Twitter. Um so that one is deserved. Yes. We'll get, of course, to the Cowboys blowing a 17 point lead <laughs> um against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I tell you what though, Pete. I was told last week that only a real trash team would would go the distance with the Houston Texans. So I'm very, very excited to talk Mm -hmm. about the Kansas City Chiefs. But before we do that, we have to talk about the team in the AFC West that had the highest quality win in Week 15. The team that, that really put some pride Back into the division, and that is, of course, the Los Angeles Chargers—a 17 to 14 victory over the Tennessee Titans. And joining us to discuss the LA Chargers from SB Nation's Bolts from the Blue, it is Michael Peterson on Twitter at Zone Tracks, Mikey P. Welcome, one at all. You have a Bye Buddy sweatshirt on. um Can you explain that? um Hope you find your dad. Oh, Elf. Um, elf. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not you, don't, biggest... you don't ever seen Elf. I'm not a big Elf person. I I wow. I kind no? of hate, I kind of hate Elf because it's like it's all people want to like make references to like this. I I kind of hate like Will Ferrell is really funny, but like every Will Ferrell movie has become like the quotes that we knew people say in college. You know what I mean? Like we, we, there are other movies and other films in the world that we can kind of pay attention.
3: RJ's an angry elf. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's totally fair. I've become in recent years, like a funny Christmas sweater guy. And so this is actually when I got back in college, I used to bounce at a bar mm. wearing this like during the holiday season. And I was kind of, a fan favorite um there's one and I, I can't believe i lost it but i had a it was a black christmas sweater that had a uh, harambe on it wearing a santa hat yes. and it just simply said harambe loved christmas <laughs> and i just think that was the funniest thing in the world uh you know r.i.p to him i still miss him every day um which is why i'm sad i lost the sweatshirt michael
2: would you would, were you the bouncer that would take the fake id or would you say take this back and get the hell out of here
3: the latter Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I no, had to you're you're get I don't it over be, me, but you can go try this with some. Other I don't get me wrong. People up. tried people tried with like completely different right. haircuts. I had like people hand me IDs of of people that were completely different, like ethnicities and stuff like that. Like, I mean, they didn't right. there was no, you know, mm-hmm. No respect for me at all. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, Michael
1: Peterson's um, like work history is very interesting. Uh, we've talked about this with him offline. We don't have to get all the way into it, but we found out a bouncer. Um, he also moonlights as Baker Mayfield, who will be the quarterback for the LA Rams tonight on tonight. Monday Night Football. Um, but the games. better team in LA, the Chargers, Michael, right. again, escaped with the 17-14 point win over the Tennessee Titans late in the game, Tennessee ties it up. And I tweeted out, I said, man, this is so frustrating how the Chargers can't be consistently good. Last week, we all gave them their flowers after the big Sunday night win against the Dolphins. And here they were, they struggled,
3: but by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin, chin, they beat those Tennessee Titans. Yeah, this unfortunately was Uh, kind of another usual Chargers game where they they start pretty strong and there's a lot of games this season where they go out to a 10-0 lead and then the offense kind of disappears through the second and and third quarter Um, I think after last night it's been eight straight weeks of uh, no touchdowns in the third quarter Um, and I want to say it's quite a few weeks in a row now that they start with a three and out opening with the ball in the second half but in, in true Chargers form, uh, when the game had to be won, when something needed to happen, Justin Herbert comes out and puts it on himself and, and does just that. On that final uh, drive, I think it was 48 seconds left, no timeouts whatsoever. Uh, he hits a 16-yard ball to Mike Williams and then a 35-yard pass to Williams up the right sideline to get within field goal range. Uh, for those who want to know just how crazy it was, um, it was a frozen rope. There was 0.7 yards between him and the sideline, 0.8 yards between him and the next nearest defender. Um, And I think next-gen stats had it at 22% completion percentage on that exact pass. So just absolute Herbert magic. Uh, But unfortunately, it'd be cool if they scored points, you know, between the first drive and the last drive.
2: Now, the Chargers, with the win, and the Patriots' debacle are in playoff position here. And I think the rest of the NFL is going to know well, What did the Titans do to stop Austin Eckler? 12 carries for 58 yards, two carries for 12 yards. I feel like that is something that a lot of teams would take in a playoff game against Eckler. What did you see that the Titans were doing?
3: Yeah, the the Chargers' offensive line unfortunately hasn't been all that great, even with guys like Corey Lindsley um, and some of the younger guys stepping up. Zion Johnson at right guard, left tackle, uh, Jamari Solier. But you got to give it to the Texans, who, despite missing some of their front guys, I mean, all they kind of needed was Jeffrey Simmons, uh, yeah. who's been an absolute stellar uh, defensive tackle since the end of the league a few weeks ago. And even look back last week against the Dolphins, Christian Wilkins essentially took over that entire trench by himself and ruin the run game of the Chargers so for whatever reason man all it takes is one good defensive lineman to, to throw a wrench <laughs> into the Chargers plans I mean I all think right. Bud, Dup- Bud Dupree played last night I mean just in general uh it just hasn't taken too much so I think the biggest surprise though was the two receptions for 12 yards for Eckler who was, was coming real close to to being on pace to be Christian McCaffrey's you know season uh receptions mm-hmm. record by a running back Um, And he needed to kind of keep going strong. He had eight last week. I think he needed to average like seven through the last four weeks. But two last night, uh, unfortunately, kind of bumps him off that track. But overall, yeah, they didn't need Austin Eckler. I mean, they ran it with him. He scored his ninth rushing touchdown of the season. But overall, with the top three wide receivers back, they didn't actually have to dump it off to him as much as they have in the past.
1: Michael, everybody's talking about the Chargers schedule, obviously Mm -hmm. to end the season, and it it certainly looks very favorable. Um, You look at it now coming off these back-to-back wins at Indianapolis on Monday Night Football because we definitely need more Colts (laughs) in our lives. Uh, The Rams, the battle for LA, the big one, and then at Denver to wrap it all up. Um, It's hard to envision this team finishing with Fewer than nine wins. I mean, even if you you figure that they if they drop one of these, they're going to the playoffs. I I, I know that that is a teetering kind of statement to say um, if you're a Chargers fan right now because you've been so burned right now because of that critical win over the Dolphins and Miami falling to Buffalo in the snow game um the Dolphins, excuse me the Chargers now the five seat or me, the six seats sorry they're, they're they're no longer just the last team in I mean that's a big difference between having to go to Kansas City or having to go to Cincinnati in in the wild card round what is the ceiling like like do you believe or are you worried that the team with these these kind of slow methodical wins that that formula isn't sustainable in the
3: playoffs it's hard not to think that this isn't sustainable um but the thing is they have sustained it for most of the year right like after the team's Uh, laundry list of injuries at so many notable positions. They were able to kind of weather that storm and win a lot of these close games. And then the second they start getting some of these guys back, mainly being Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the field at the same time, they've been able to rattle off wins against better teams. For the most part, they were beating teams that didn't have uh, records above 500 so for them to be eight and six at this point, I thought when they had five games left, essentially, I thought it was going to be two losses to the Dolphins and the Titans, and then they could win out three and still finish nine and eight, which is incredible to say that they're going to mirror their record from a season ago, despite all the injuries. But now they're in a position after beating the Titans and Dolphins, they win these three games that puts them at 11 and six, which is a two game improvement in the win column as opposed to last year. Just absolutely incredible. Um, it really comes down to, is this team going to play down to the competition, uh, which is something they do do they have done for the last few years if they do that then maybe they don't win out 3-0 here i mean god forbid they go one and two the final three games i just don't think that happens at worst two and one finish ten and six you improve on your win loss record um and then again you're in the playoffs which again is a huge step forward from last season i think the
2: the difference here that you're thinking about is it's not the Chargers as is going through the playoffs. It's the Chargers potentially with Bosa and Slater coming back. Can you give us the latest on their trajectories and whatever we know right now that the team is saying?
3: Yeah, that's a good point because they've been out for so long, you kind of forget they're on the team and you just kind of assume what we have right now is is what they're going to have in the playoffs. But uh, as it stands, there hasn't been any sort of door shut on either a return of Bosa or, or Slater. The unfortunate part, though, is is Bosa's initial timeline was six to 10 weeks after the groin injury. And I think we're in week 11 or 12 of him being out. With no tangible timeline, weeks, you know, is he going to practice this week? Is he not? We don't know that for sure. And then Slater, the same thing with him. Last week when Staley spoke with the media, he said Slater was still weeks away from potentially returning. So I just think worst case scenario and more than likely the reality is they will return for the playoffs. Or if anything, maybe the last game of the season. But if they've already locked down the playoff spot, maybe they don't return for the regular season. So as it stands, I think fans should just get comfortable knowing that the group they had the last two games is probably who will be on the field for the remainder of the regular season. I think
1: Michael, correct me if I'm wrong, you're probably big Bengals fans. I mean, because the Bengals can knock the Ravens further down i mean there, there's a world here where the chargers do finish as the top wildcard team in the afc i know that sounds ridiculous and you know there's only three weeks but there's, that three weeks is a long time i mean we just saw the ravens obviously lose um that's a frustrating thing sorry rachel but it is definitely possible and i think both teams in, in or excuse me both conferences that top wildcard team gets to visit the afc south or nfc south winner right now that would be the titans if, if you're the chargers i mean yeah that's in nashville as opposed to la but that that could really smile upon the Chargers. Are you aware of this? Is that what you're posturing, hoping kind of works out for the Chargers since they're not going to win the division?
3: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, obviously they're not going to win the division. So what's the next best best option after that? If the Bengals can take care of business, knock the Ravens even further out. And I mean, the Ravens aren't doing themselves any favors. Yes, Lamar Jackson was just recently hurt. But in general, that offense with LJ really wasn't moving the ball too well. And it was definitely underperforming in recent weeks. So I would say best case scenario, really, if, if the Chargers could face the Titans again, I guarantee you it would probably be a better game for the Chargers. I think the Titans always play good teams well. Um, they play the t- Chiefs well earlier in the season. They just kind of find a way to, to to really make them uncomfortable, especially in the waning seconds of the game. If they're able to even travel to, to Nashville, get a team that again is just going to run Derrick Henry and have almost no semblance of a passing game, I think that's a big win for the Chargers.
1: Hmm. Last one for you, Michael. Um, not Chargers related, but I, I, you know, I, I know I was busy because the Cowboys had played at noon and Pete, what was the, the story with Ryan Tannehill? Just so everybody knows. I mean, it's an important NFL story. He was carted off and
3: returned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was carted off and returned. Um, the quote from him specifically, I think post game when asked about the injury was that uh, he said, whatever the top option is on the pain scale, that's what it felt like when he left the game. Uh, so, you know, mm. the number 10, the, the bright red face screaming in agony, that's what he said mm. his injury was. Um, but it goes in the blue tent comes out, uh, they cart him away and then he does return. They taped the crap out of his ankle, but it's kind of crazy to think like, okay, if it was an unbearable pain, you just had it taped up and managed to play. And I mean, these are football players. These are tough guys. So it's crazy to hear him say that, especially after coming back.
2: Changes the game when you're you had, a football player. Yeah, changes the game when you got a rookie that is ready to take your job in the 2023 season. I think, and sometimes you force your force your way, unless it was a a you know a different type of backup. But I think that's can play into. I it. was going to
1: say that you're a football. You're a tough guy, Michael. Before Pete interrupted me, Michael Peterson uh, from SB Nation's Balls from the Blue on Twitter at Zone Tracks, Michael. If we don't talk, to you have a very merry Christmas, or else the Grinch will come for you? Or else, uh, I
3: love the holidays. I'm going to enjoy it. Out the wazoo. You don't have to tell me twice.
1: Are you a Christmas Eve or or Christmas Day present opener?
3: Um, Christmas Day present opener. Christmas Eve party haver. I absolutely love Christmas. So like the dinner is Christmas Eve. Like Christmas Eve is a spread of all your favorite like appetizers and hors d'oeuvres. We watch every movie during the day that we always do on every Christmas. My sister usually wants to shotgun a White Claw or something. And so I have to partake Mm -hmm. in that. But overall, we have the greatest time Mm -hmm. on Christmas Eve. And then we just kind of chill out on Christmas Day.
2: Ain't uh, ain't wow. no law when you're drinking the claw. So, ain't no law on you guys
1: drinking right. claws. You got that. Have a holly jolly Christmas, Michael Peterson. Mm-hmm. We love you. Have a good day. Love Go you Chargers. guys. See ya. All right, Pete Sweeney. The um. I mean, we might as well do it. I right? might as well get to it. Yeah. The Kansas City. Actually, before we get there, right. um, we're not going to touch on the Saturday games because, look, we're in the moment. I mean, sa- Saturday, as far as we're concerned, that was like 500 years ago in the NFL. The greatest right? comeback in um,
2: NFL history happened on Saturday.
1: I, that's what I was going to ask briefly. Give me, give me two sentences on all of Saturday's action. So in two sentences, you have to encompass the three games that we saw.
2: Okay. Well,
1: that's not it. So, like, tell us when you're ready for your sentences.
2: Okay. I'm trying to just remember the three games. It was. Do you want me to go first? Buy you some time? Yes. Why don't you do that?
1: Okay. My first sentence is um, the Indianapolis Colts are the fraudiest frauds to ever fraud in the history of the NFL. <laughs> My second sentence is Saturday night game between the bills and dolphins was the game of the year and was literally the most beautiful game to watch yes. that i have ever seen like, it, like the night games in buffalo hit different, dude. like they, they they are beautiful to watch
2: kirk cousins is the highest variance player in nfl history <laughs> tyler huntley is not lamar jackson and buffalo got lucky in their home stadium
0: that's that was actually
1: feel. only one sentence. So you have a second sentence to play with if you want to. Huzzah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we are now uh, five games through because the Seahawks lost to the 49ers on Thursday night. We had the three games, obviously, on Saturday. We just talked Chargers-Titans with Michael Peterson. So that's five down, uh, which should make for a shorter show than usual. But um, that's typically not how we roll. I feel like the MF double MVP is, is, is still hanging in the bounce, right? We, we can go a number of different ways. By the way, um, I do want to say... Um, he didn't tell me to relay this, but a message from the boss man, uh, Michael Kiss, tweeted out on Monday morning. I don't know if you saw this, Pete, that, and, and this message goes to the listeners. If you were trying to listen to any SB nation podcast this past weekend and they were getting randomly stopped after about five minutes, um, kiss said that the issue has been fixed. So, yeah. um, if that happened to you, um, whether it was the SB nation NFL show or any particular team network, um, our apologies, um, you know, it was Pete's fault.
2: NFL right, C- ready, Pete? NFL Saturday and World Cup. Nice timing for our, our parent company there. Yikes. Seriously. um, Let's move
1: on. Let's get to it. The Kansas City Chiefs survived. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 30 to 24. Woo. Unlike the Cowboys, the, right. the Chiefs needed overtime to bury these <laughs> Texans. I mean, that's it, right.
2: That's true.
1: <laughs> what a weird uh, world. I can tell you every Cowboys fan in my timeline or my mention was like, nobody's going to talk about this. Nobody's going to say anything. Um, was it a struggle? What was it? Kind of a you know, seeing the tweets yeah. from the Arrowhead Pride account, there was a lot of like, "Huh, this is really happening. Huh? What's going on? How are we going to do? How, what's, what's, how's this going to end?" Ultimately, if, though, uh, the Chiefs do win, win the AFC West for the hundredth year in a row. Yeah,
2: I think I think that's that's the big thing today. It's trying to appreciate what Andy Reid has accomplished here. I mean, it is just a complete reversal of the franchise, while also remembering. This is a little concerning four weeks out of the playoffs when you're flirting with the Houston Texans. But what I would tell you is one of the oddest games I have watched covering the Chiefs. And I've been doing it for a bit here. And it's crazy. They had over 500 net yards. Like if I told you nothing and said the Chiefs had over 500 net yards against the Texans and I gave you no more information about the game. I mean, you would think that the Chiefs won 44 to 12 or something, you know, so even even like not to ignore your point, but even if
1: I just looked at Mahomes' stat
2: line, Mahomes was 36 of
1: 41. So five. he threw (laughs) the ball 41 times (laughs) and five incompletions, 336 yards, two touchdowns. Like, to your point,
2: I would have thought they smoked him. That's the best completion percentage with 40 passes ever, ever. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) what a game. What a weird game. Football rules. It was just it, it, it
2: was just mistake after mistake. And it was also things they couldn't control in in Carl Sheffers and and the penalties they were calling. They called 10 penalties for over 100 yards. So you talk about that 500 yards, 100 of them came back. The Chiefs lost
1: brutal weekend for for officials, Bob. but we yeah. talked that Vikings game, they had two defensive touchdowns taken away. Awful, awful, awful week uh, for officials.
2: The the Chiefs lost two turnovers. They've actually lost a turnover battle in eight games this year. They've won five of them, which is bananas, really, cuz you just you don't win when you have more turnovers. Their turnover differential suffered again Uh, in this game. There were uh, mistakes in in the kicking game. It was just bad tackling, allowing the Texans timely football and not a team that really should have been in it. It's a two quarterback system. They were missing their top two receivers. They were missing their entire offense in Damian Pierce. And so... It's a it's a bittersweet feeling, I think, in Kansas City. You feel grateful that the Chiefs were able to squeak out this win against the worst team in football and win your seventh straight division. But again, you know, as you were saying again to Michael, sure, three weeks is a lot of time. But in, in the same token, three weeks is, is not a lot of time. And if they continue to play games like this that they did against the Texans and the Broncos with these mistakes and letting the referees basically determine game because you're not playing clean football that's the only time really referee decisions can, can if you're playing 60 minutes i, well, I know that that's the, that's what like it was bad yeah this like, week, but
1: i you know i hated said. um I was very, very on record about this. I hated how some, not all, but some Bills fans complained about the coin toss um, in overtime against the Chiefs uh, last right. year in the divisional round. And what I hated about that is like, dude, you lost the game. Like you had 13 right. seconds. You know what I mean? Like you, like if if you play sound football, like the, the to your point, the coin toss, the ref, the official, the call, those things aren't as macro if you take care of things all throughout the game. And so yeah, I mean, um, the expression that's been going around with the Cowboys, at least um, you know as it related to the Texans game, was was playing with their food. Felt like the Chiefs kind of play with their food a little over here you know what i mean they got the win uh how many division titles is this in a row
2: i'm actually yeah seriously so asking. it is it's it's seven and that ties the rams i believe it was in the 70s there's only been one longer the streak and that is the new england patriots who did it in the 2000s and they were at 11 so not trying to talk about next year but if the chiefs were able to do it next year they would be alone at two and uh, you know at that point kind of tied
1: it two right now
2: yeah, kind of, ch- I'm, kind of ch- I'm chasing get, I, the Patriots in a way, which is crazy. I don't know if about. you know
1: this, but so they've won seven in a row, obviously four of those with Mahomes. So it's not even all like that's a discredit. Mahomes, no, it began with Alex Mahomes. Smith I mean,
2: in 15. Right. So 15, but, 16, so, 17 were Alex.
1: Man, Peyton retires and just welcome <laughs> Kansas City. But so seven in a row. I, I don't know. I don't know if you know how many did the Chiefs have prior to 2015. I would bet it's not more than like a lot more than seven. Like I would bet it's like eight or nine. If I, I
2: don't mean. have that offhand, but it was it it. it there were few and far between. You know, for for a um, time, the yes.
1: Chiefs did clinch the AFC West, as mentioned. This was a big weekend um, for clinching. Entering this weekend, the Philadelphia Eagles were the only team who had clinched a playoff berth. They have not clinched the NFC East yet. We'll get there in a moment. Uh, Thursday night, the San Francisco 49ers clinched the NFC West, so both Western divisions have been won. The Minnesota Vikings clinched the NFC North with their win on Saturday that we talked about. The Buffalo Bills clinched a playoff berth with Saturday night's win over the Buffalo. Excuse me, over the Miami Dolphins. Not the AFC East yet, though. But the Chiefs did clinch the AFC West so we now have three divisions locked up through week 15 Um, have that we'll see which ones come next
2: have that number for you so it's seven and all the other teams in the division had 15 championships so the Chiefs over the last seven years have narrowed it down to one it's a three-way tie for first at 15 the Chiefs have 14 now so it's
1: quite so that's what I'm saying so 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 literally when Andy Reid arrived it was there were seven division titles in Kansas City history Yeah right yeah yeah and well I know he didn't arrive like it took two years because he 2013 was the first
2: year no 15 was the first year right was the first year no it Um, was uh 13 or 12 13 was the first year and they got into okay they got into the playoffs two
1: years of the rebuild yeah right two years of the rebuild with Alex Smith yeah and oh because they were the wild card that that crazy Colts Andrew Luck came
2: back on them in that first year they missed Um, the playoffs in 14 that's the only year Andy Reid has missed the playoffs and then ever since then it's been winning the division so then year
1: one, wildcard loss, the the blown lead against Alex Smith, against Andrew Luck, sorry, then missed the playoffs in 14. But since 2015, so they had seven division titles before Andy Reid showed up. Yes. And he has now won seven <laughs> in a row. That <laughs> is crazy. Uh, wow. Shout out to me. I took a guess. Yeah, uh, you know that what I mean? Good. I was right. Good
2: work. Good Come work, up with the
1: week yeah. for our Joe. Chaw. Yeah, sure. All right. Let's move on. Um, Shout out to the Chiefs. The Texans, by the way, have not cemented the number one overall pick, but. Um it's over, pretty man. close.
2: <laughs> it's over because they're they're so um, injured. I mean, they're not gonna lose, they're not gonna right. lose. Uh let's move on. The Philadelphia
1: Eagles, as mentioned, um, they flirted with the Bears. This was kind of a, a flirty sort of game for some some contenders in the NFL. Uh, but the Eagles came away with the win. Jalen Hurts had like a parting of the Red Sea touchdown at the end of the first half. I don't know if you saw this. I it did. was just unbelievable. I saw Rachel tweet out early on that Devontae Smith, like at one point had like three catches for 100 yards or something like that. Um, Justin Fields, you know. Toyed with the idea of going off 15 carries, 95 yards, um, including an almost touchdown in the first half that David Montgomery wound up punching in. Big day for Montgomery, had two touchdowns, but 25 to 20, the final score. The Eagles moved to 13 and 1, maintained the best record in the NFL. There was a clear gap between them and the Cowboys and the NFC East, as we saw uh, in the same window. We'll get to Dallas soon. 13 and 1, they already had their playoff berth clinched. The Eagles now can clinch the NFC East with any win or any Cowboys loss and they can subsequently clinch the number one seed in the NFC with any win or any Vikings loss, assuming they do wind up winning the NFC East as well, which is an overwhelming likelihood.
2: Yeah, the thing about the Eagles is just they're just the most solid team in the league, and you try to compare them to some of the AFC teams, but what you see in the Chiefs and Bills and Bengals a lot of the time is just inconsistency. We'll get to the Bengals, but they had to come back from 17 down, and and sure, they did it, but you know, I, I just the Eagles are a team that for the most part this year has just come out and dominated games and it's on both sides of the football. And they have the right now, the MVP favorite in in Jalen hurts. And this was a day when he threw, he threw two picks, but that's okay because he's still doing it on the ground with 61 yards and and three touchdowns. And AJ Brown and Devonta Smith are just absolute weapons and very selfless. Like there are some games where it's just AJ Brown and Smith. I'll go on the mic and I'll say, "I I don't care about your fantasy team. It's just, it's just such a, a solid team. And even when they have scares like this, they're managing to win those, those tough games. It's a little bit easier to understand a scare versus maybe the most exciting player, of the NFL in Justin Fields. than it is the Houston, Texans. If you're talking about the elite teams of, of the NFL. And then for me on the, on the bear side, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a continued confirmation of this is a franchise star. It's a star. It's a star in the making in the NFL in, in Justin Fields. And I, you know, I, That was the biggest question that they had to answer. If there was one thing that you wanted to accomplish, if you were Ryan Poles and the Bears this year, it was, can Justin Fields be our guy? And it's been a resounding yes. There's no question about that. So now they have to build a system around him, I think similar to what they did in, Baltimore, not exactly the same player. I, you know, I think that they, they're different players, but it's going to be a similar type of thing. And I think if they lean in, well, they them, do.
1: What Baltimore didn't. They need to give them some pass catches. You
2: know what I'm saying? Like that's that's you, you have to learn from. Baltimore. It's not right. it's, it's not good when your leading receivers as 39 yards. But I I think. I think it's going to be exciting and I think the Bears can be spicy down the stretch. There's a lot of teams, Bengals included, Chiefs included that will be watching Bears and Bills next week. And I I just because of Fields and what you saw him do against the Eagles, I you know, I think he can play spoiler. Um and then just to wrap up because I don't want to discount the the Eagles and and just think of, I'm talking about this this lottery pick team too much, but man, it, it it's almost it would almost be shocking if a if a team other than the Eagles came out of the NFC. I just think that's where we're at right now. I'm going to get to the Eagles briefly, but or in a moment, but just briefly on the Bears as you
1: mentioned. I I think for the first time in a long time it feels like um like the darkest part of the night is behind the Bears, yeah. right? Like like they are, you know, that's very a it, very yeah. clearly yeah, they're they're clearly moving forward. It is it is still a process. Um, but but we're past the point where, like, you know, early it was like, oh, Justin Fields had these like two games, these three games. You know what I mean? Like, no, there's clearly a lot of talent there to work with. Um, it's exciting to think about what they can be, obviously, as they continue this rebuild. Um, so good for the Bears in that sense. They're just they're not there yet. They, they were never going to be there. The fact that they made this game close is, is a credit to them and a credit to Fields. Uh, but Philly, you're right. I mean, I, I, I you know, on the MVP thing, um, we said a week ago that kind of the, the maybe contender to him was was Mahomes. If Mahomes did a Mahomes thing, um, you know, kind of squeaking one out against the Chiefs, I think hurts Mahomes' MVP candidacy. Um, I think Joe Burrow kept pace. You know, if, if things go the bank, I think the only way that Jalen Hurts is now an MVP is now no longer related to Patrick Mahomes. I think it's if Joe Burrow goes off or if Josh Allen goes off. I think well, I think the, the league wants to give it to Josh. Allen. Our friends, you at, know I mean, our
2: friends at DraftKings today. Uh, Mahomes is actually a little closer because he had a really nice clean game, as we said. Whereas I think Jalen threw the two picks, but he Jalen is still right. at minus 150. Mahomes is at plus 165, and the odds don't agree with you, RJ. And you may be right, but Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are at plus 1,000, which is far down. So, and then
0: I'm next just, is like, Justin. I my, my read
1: then. on <laughs> the, the league, but the league, like. Josh Allen is like a chosen son of the NFL, right? Like right. The, the league loves Josh Allen. And so like, you know, they're the number one seed in the AFC. If they hold on, if they, you know what I mean? Like, and I've mentioned that Monday night game in the penultimate week of the regular season. That's in Cincinnati. Um, If, if Josh Allen, you know, locks up the one seed and you know what I mean? With this like massive Monday night football performance or something mm-hmm. like that. I could see it going that way, but it, it would require a bit of teetering on Jalen's um, behalf. I think Jalen is the
2: favorite. I think if the Eagles win the conference. I don't see how it changes. I just. Well, the votes are
1: cast technically at the end of the regular season. That would be how. But, I mean, you're right. Like, even if if Mahomes
2: were to get back in the position. Sure. I just think the narrative is on Hurts' side.
1: I agree with you entirely because even in this game, he threw two interceptions, but still threw for 315 yards, still yeah. ran in three touchdowns. I mean, like he is an explosive player who can find a way to get it done really no matter what's happening around him. And that's what I'm saying. Like if they slip, but like now we're at a point where any slip up is kind of inconsequential. Uh, you know what I mean? Be- because they, they all they have to do is win one game to to clinch the division or clinch the one seed. You know, like there's there's no more like big moment. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no more like game of consequence for the eagles in the regular season the next time that the eagles are going to play a game where crap is on the line where they're kind of sweating is in the divisional round in overwhelming likelihood
2: right because you know and, they're they're going to win this thing. and hertz has the best defense in football arguably on his side right you also have this situation in in philly where it's four defensive linemen have never had 10 sacks on the same team Hassan reddick is there uh, Jason Hargrave is there. Josh Sweat is now at nine and a half. And Brandon Graham is at eight and a half. This is with three games to play. They're probably going to do that. And it's just that no, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have that, that caliber of defense on his side. And if that's who they are saying is his closest competitor, no one else is close. It's just, man, it's hard to believe it's not going go to go to Jalen hurts this year. Something that something crazy would have to happen. I think. I don't know who, uh, if I had to pick a team, cause I would love to see
1: the Eagles lose. If I had to pick a team and like bet to bet everything on like one game, I don't know who it would be. I mean, I think, it, I think I'd probably pick the chiefs. You know what I mean? If I had to have one game, but man, I'm kind of close to picking the Bengals. Like if the Bengals are at full health. Um, but I mean, I, I would just take the chiefs because I'm a homes and Kelsey and, you know, just kind of reliability in that sense. But, um, it's hard, it's hard to not, you know, feel like this is the Eagles thing to lose. I mean, I- and like I'm saying, I'll the, say, the, the challenging part, we, we deal with this every time this happens when yes. a team like, runs away with something, is, okay, like, is, is the rest going to hurt them? That's going to be the narrative for the next month I, I, because, like I said, they don't have any consequences coming up for a month.
2: I, I have something to ask you, and I can't really feel like I'll, I can answer this question without complete bias because I think everybody knows what I would say. Take your Cowboys out of it, right? So the Cowboys somehow are non-existent in this scenario. The Eagles make the Super Bowl. What do you? What would be make the, for the perfect Super Bowl Sunday if the Eagles are playing? Who like who would you want to see them playing on? Super that's Bowl what Sunday? I
1: just said. I I would I would probably pick the Chiefs. Like I I would like because I would want to see Is that the that most entertaining
2: the Bowl, game. Like, is that the most entertaining? Well, that's a different
1: entertaining. I mean, yeah, yes and no. Um, I I, you know th- I mean? think like it there, is. It would be like
2: I feel like I can't answer that question.
1: It would also be entertaining from like an Andy Reid standpoint, right? You know what I mean, like that yeah. would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would. I would be just as interested if it were the Bills. I, I think we we overlooked this. Um, I talked about this with Jason Witten, actually, at BTB recently. Sean McDermott is from the Jim Johnson tree. Like, that, that dude, Jim Johnson, former Eagles defensive coordinator, great. I mean, you know, that dude lives in my mind, or you know, will forever live in my mind, rent-free, because he destroyed Tony Romo year in and year out, and Sean McDermott comes straight from that tree. So he has a history with Philadelphia in that sense um I mean so entertainment wise it, it would be any one of those things I really really if the Cowboys don't exist I really want an Eagles Vikings NFC Championship game I really want that mm. like that would be so much fun um in a lot of ways um I know every Eagles fan listening would be like oh I'll take that but it would how about, know, be uh, entertaining especially if it went the other way
2: how about Stefan Diggs versus the the Vikes in the Super Bowl that might be interesting as well there's there's a lot of, a lot of story uh storylines here that's true
1: Let's move on. Um let's just do it. The Dallas Cowboys Woo-hoo! blew a seventeen Woo-hoo! point lead um in the second half to the Jacksonville Jaguars. <sighs> oh, um wish we, wish the we Jaguars seen this coming, are coming. You know?
2: I wish someone would have seen it coming.
1: You know, look, I don't look. The, the pick is, is what it was. You got the pick right. Good for you. But the Cowboys were owning this game. And that's, I, I actually, right before we fi- uh, started recording or started streaming, I was finishing my stock report that I do um, at Blogging the Boys. And there were so many, I, I had uh, such a difficult time because there were so many stock ups for Dallas, right? Like there were so many people who played well. It's just, you know, they, they they did a handful of things really poorly that led to, you know, them falling apart and losing. I mean, you know, they, they had a turnover in the game's final minutes that mm. set them up, and then they went three and out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just a, a perfect storm of, uh, of confusion and clutter and disarray. The Cowboys have never won in Jacksonville. Um, they will get another <laughs> chance in 2030, though, don't worry. Um, and they they breathed life, you know. Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars are going to be this big time story. This is you know what it's like. uh, This is kind of a a mount win for the Jaguars, right? We beat we beat the Cowboys, whatever, blah, blah, America's game of the week, all that stuff. The Jaguars, though, uh, you know, we got to get to them first because they won. Right. They are six and eight right behind those Titans at seven and seven. And they will meet still. The Jaguars very much could win the AFC South, as a lot of people have
2: been talking about. I would love it. And. Man, it almost you you look at that stretched in the middle of the season where they lost, let's see here, five in a row and six of seven. And if they would have had one of those games, this would be a completely different year. And just the fact that they meet the Titans, if they continue to take care of business against the Jets and the Texans, which they should, they control. Thursday night football.
1: They they visit the Jets this week. They control their
2: their own own destiny in a sense. And remember, we came into this year. And it was they completely
1: th- control it. No, I mean, like the, uh, just to be clear, yeah. they literally control their own destiny. No, you're right. You're point.
2: right. Uh, they came into this year and we had conversations this season where we were bringing up stats This was when Trey Lance was still healthy and stat, you know, stats had a, had a right point. He was correct. Trevor Lawrence doesn't take as much heat as he should for being a p- potential bust. And somewhere along the lines this season, he just reversed course. And he's so clearly a franchise guy and as advertised and, man, what a disaster last year was to just waste a year of his career. But that's okay now because Doug Peterson has, has righted this ship. And what's fortunate about that for them is even with that slow start, the division sucks. And now what you have, and this is a scary proposition for the AFC, like AFC's team should not want to play the Jaguars because the Jaguars, their record is not going to dictate the quality of team that they are. And I know we were joking, like I picked the Jaguars. I just saw what happened with the Cowboys last week, and I just believe the Jaguars have really turned this page. And that, and that's what I, I, I think. I know Dallas is probably pretty ticked off. You're, you have a better pulse the, on that than I do. But the, but the Jaguars are not. What I'm trying to say is the Jaguars are not a 6-18. They're just, they're not. They're, they're a different team than they were at the beginning of the season. And this is a higher quality loss than I think probably Dallas is swallowing this morning when they look at that record
1: that's true but and i think i I don't want to take away from what you're saying i just think some full context is necessary and sometimes that's why i love the espionation nfl show because you know like you cannot none of us nope nobody can watch every single game in in high level detail which Mm -hmm. is why like this podcast is so helpful right because like i didn't get to watch the chiefs texans game so it's it's helpful context for me to you know hear from you and similarly I don't want to take anything away from Trevor Lawrence whatsoever. Like what he's doing, like you're right. Like he's a franchise quarterback, you know, even if the Jaguars missed the playoffs, like it's a very exciting time in Jacksonville moving forward. Obviously next season, there'll be a really vogue pick to win the division and stuff like that. But, I mean, near the end of this game, Jaguars are down by three. They ultimately get a field goal, obviously, to tie the game and send it to overtime. But, and th- there was a, a moment where Evan Ingram, you know, it, it looked like he went out of bounds, didn't go out of bounds. So th- that moment goes to review. The Jaguars had to burn a timeout because he was ruled in bounds. That was their final timeout. So officials are, are checking this out and they're about to realize or they're about to, you know, as everyone's watching, they're going to rule that he was out of bounds, excuse me, in bounds. Yeah. Um, and so we, we know that the clock is going to start. The moment the officials ultimately, uh, I'm, I'm getting the play wrong, but ultimately, like, the, the sequence is the Jaguars had a clock stoppage by way of the right. officials, and the moment the officials set the ball, the clock was going to run. Greg Olson is, like, detailing this whole sequence for us on the broadcast. He's like, look, the moment the officials get set, <laughs> that, that clock is going to start running. There were, like, 35 seconds left at this point in the game, and, and Greg Olson's like, Trevor Lawrence, he has to be ready to go right there, right now. The moment the officials back off, you got to snap that ball. And what happens? The officials go up. They set things up, and Trevor Lawrence, he wasted like 10 <laughs> seconds. I mean, he's standing there with the clock running and wasted like 10 seconds, and to his credit, hikes the ball, throws a pass, gets in field goal range. They call the timeout. They tie the game. They go on to win it, yeah. but my point is like that is a, a, a like, bare minimum low-hanging fruit level thing that a franchise quarterback has to know that like that's of a trouble thing
2: but procedure I'm but not gonna count like, on no, a like, procedural just, stuff in his second dude year. but
1: like that, you gotta know that you know like, like, I don't Trevor Lawrence has played enough big-time football games to know I don't that kind of I don't stuff. disagree and, just and, like a
2: just like a seasoned veteran probably shouldn't do an underhand pass and cost their <laughs> team the game I, I think I think the both points can be true
1: So I would also add to that, like we're sitting here rightfully throwing flowers at Trevor Lawrence, (laughs) Trevor Lawrence's team won the toss in overtime. He went three and out. Mm -hmm. I mean, he went three and out. And, you know, the Jaguars won this game because of a tip ball that they returned for a touchdown off the interception. So that doesn't mean he's a loser. He sucks. He's great. And he's awesome. And he has turned the page. And that is a good thing for the NFL. But this was not one off of the mighty arm of Trevor Lawrence near the end of the game. He did definitely bring them back over the course of the second when, half as a whole, but he, he had a very critical sequence of errors that could have cost them what is a valuable
2: win. I don't, I do not disagree, but I guess the counter argument is the Cowboys have a great offense when that team puts up 34 points and you're able to get four touchdowns and over 300 yards. Sure, you're right about the mistakes, but the only reason they were in this game was because of Trevor Lawrence. So, like, so it's I a little, agree with it's, that. It's, so it's on the Cowboys.
1: On the Cowboys side of things, it looked like, you know, OK, they've responded very well to the the lackadaisical performance against Houston. They were up 27 to 10. You know, at the same time, Chicago was playing Philly tough. And you're kind of allowing yourself to like, wow, you know, if this goes a certain <laughs> way, Christmas Eve is going to be electric, you yeah, know, yeah. all this stuff. And, and then, you know, Dallas just kind of falls apart. And, you know, Dak Prescott, through what is literally a, a game losing pick six, um, it's it's been shown and seen many times by many people the all twenty two angle that ball is is perfectly placed. Noah yeah, Brown just yeah. just tips it up, you know what I mean? And you tip it up, and and anything bad can happen, and and the worst thing did. Um, you know, I I would say back was I, I actually invented a new category for my stock report called volatile stock. Like he and Noah Brown both had incredible games that had these awful moments. Like they they were ultimately great performances that just had the wrong thing happen at the wrong time. And now every Cowboys fan is like freaking out i mean i i really i have gone um you're a wrestling fan what is the opposite of a heel turn face turn so the face turn is you go from like villain to, to good guy is that what yeah, it is
2: and you suddenly you do something grand that makes the crowd go oh my god so, he's on our, our side so, again yes yeah so, like, I've done a face turn, like, because I, nobody <laughs> bagged on the Cowboys like I did.
1: But, man, the discourse around them is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, so yeah. they did. I don't, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, because your WFT lost on Sunday night, uh. Uh, the Cowboys clinched a playoff berth. They yeah. are a playoff team. They're, and, look, I recognize this is sad and pathetic, but it, it speaks to the state of the Cowboys over the last 15 years. They are a playoff team for a second straight season for the first time since 2006 and 2007. Think I, about it. Like it hit. It had been fifteen years since they were a playoff team in back-to-back years.
2: Is the counter argument and is the underlying problem that if the Cowboys strike out and go one and out, this playoff berth costs you Sean Payton in the long term? Is that a thing that still exists, or is that... I don't. I I don't think that like that. that doesn't concern me anymore. I yeah. mean, like you, you know, look. Well, we know you're a you're look, a big McCarthy guy. I I mean, I know that.
1: But like th- this is look. If you had to bet your your life savings on the Chiefs or the field to win the Super Bowl? What would, who would you bet on?
2: All right. I hope, is this podcast going live in Kansas City? I, <laughs> <laughs> if you, you have to bet your life savings yeah, I would bet on
1: the th- Chiefs or the field.
2: I would take the field.
1: Is there any team that you would take over the field? No, there isn't, right? Because winning the Super not, Bowl not is this incredibly year. difficult.
2: I think in previous years, but right, possibly I, not this year.
1: Sometimes there are years, right? Whatever. But like, you know, 2018, we all would have bet the Chiefs. We said, screw the field. Give me the Chiefs. Give me this Mahomes year, whatever. But like, it's a very hard thing to do. And so this isn't coping. This isn't anything. This is just context for where the Cowboys are at. They are becoming a team. Like we just sat here and talked about how the Chiefs have won the division seven years in a row. Mm -hmm. And what happens? You get there year after year after year after year. Eventually, fate smiles upon you, and you win it all. Right, and the Cowboys have not been that team. The, the Cowboys have, have been a team that has had success and then fallen apart, and had to climb back up and had success and fallen apart. They are becoming a team under Mike McCarthy that is consistently a playoff contender. That doesn't mean that they deserve a banner or a trophy or the biggest applaud in the world, applause in the world. But they are becoming that team. Under, they, they lost a really frustrating game and ended the day as a playoff team. They have ten wins at the week of Christmas. Like in the overall, they are doing very, very, very well. And now they're in this interesting spot where, you know, they're kind of effectively entrenched as the top wild card, but they're not. It's still kind of a formality. Um, and so they will probably be able to manufacture their own buy if they want in week 18. Uh, but they are going to, in all likelihood, visit the NFC South winner and then probably go to Philadelphia in the divisional round.
2: Yeah. And I, I think that you're going to get three NFC East teams in, in the, the the dance here, along with
1: you are getting at least three, maybe all four.
2: Right. I think the Lions probably sneak in because they're just playing really well right now. And I just think they have something. They got some kind of juice going, but it's it's just crazy. You know, and, and that's why uh, that's why I think the NFL is loved by so many people. We came into the year being like, you know, the NFC East is just is it is what it is. You know, it, it's still in the doldrums. And now you have three of the four teams, maybe four of them getting in. And at least three of those teams had questions about whether they could be a playoff team this year. So that's just a great part of the NFL. And look, you're right. There is a a solace there, but I can understand Dallas's frustration.
1: Uh, You mentioned the Lions. Let's move on. They got to 500. (laughs) Detroit Lions, (laughs) seven up, seven and seven after a 2017 win over the New York Jets. Dan Campbell, his beer.
2: He just wants to drink a beer and put his feet up, Uh, aren't they?
1: the Jets are also seven and seven, by the way, as it relates to the Jaguars, um, early reports Monday morning are that Zach Wilson will start for the Jets on Thursday night. So uh, things definitely if you're uh, early if you're Christmas a present, re- yeah, if you're a cat related team in the NFL, Jaguar, uh, Lion, Bengal, I guess the Panthers are the only one kind of not mixing it up. Uh, but generally speaking, 75 percent of cat based mascots doing very well for themselves, including the Lions. Pete, Big time punt return for a touchdown in this game. The Li- Everything is coming up lines right now.
2: I, I love the Lions. They're they're a scary team because they're playing their best football at the right time. The Lions, of course, get the come up of the week. This was a team that we wrote off and forked. And they are on the brink of getting into the playoffs. And this was a very hot pick to emerge in the offseason. And I think a lot of those same people jumped off the bandwagon when they really thought that they were one year away and say what you want about Dan Campbell. I never
1: jumped on at that point. I'm here now, but I waited. I wasn't I <laughs> well, wasn't part of that ridiculous what
2: what I would say is like, you know, as goofy and as gimmicky as the great Dan Campbell is, he deserves credit for keeping the confidence afloat and just staying the course. And it's been impressive. And for me, I I just think if the if the the the, the Lions are able to get in this dance. It's probably going to be as the seventh seed. If we're we're trying to be honest with each other here, which means they would play. Yeah, There's
1: there's no other way. That's that's the only way forward at this, which
2: point. means they would play the the Minnesota Vikings or the San Francisco 49ers. And especially if it's the Vikings. Remember the game where they're favored and 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 Min- everyone's like, why? Why are they favored? Against they they with won Minnesota? that one. I know that,
1: that was two weeks ago, but,
2: and they barely
1: lost when when they visited Minnesota earlier this season.
2: And and that's that's a a a interesting game when you, you know, and you talk about the seven scene being added to to the 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 playoffs a few years ago. I it wasn't it didn't really work out the the first year of it. But now these this seven two. Especially this year when it just feels like the parody is crazier than Most ever.
1: Dangerous hand in poker. The
2: seven two. two game and and especially in the NFC, if it ends up being Lions and Vikings, is just it's gotta be something to watch. And like you look at the other one, it, it would be Chiefs and Dolphins. That's really interesting. I just love the I love oh, the man. seven two matchup all of a sudden.
1: Um, I asked Brandon this a week ago on the mixtape. I'll ask you now. So Vikings, Lions, if that's the wild card matchup right now, you're picking Detroit, right? <sighs>
2: I picked the Vikings to make the Super Bowl. I would probably stick. We with, both did. Right. I'd probably stick. Well, you're allo- look, you're allowed
1: to change. Like, you're no, allowed to adjust based I feel like this is how but, I feel.
2: I, I had a preseason pick. If I changed at the beginning of the playoffs, I don't deserve credit for that preseason pick. So I would I would stay with the Vikes, but I would feel very nervous about that pick.
1: Okay, so we both acknowledge that it's very possible that the Lions could beat the Vikings in Minnesota in the yeah, Card round yeah. if things shook that way. Uh, that would mean that the Lions would be the team visiting the Eagles in the division round, as opposed to that everybody's kind of penciling in the Cowboys as the lone Wild Card team to win if if, you know, things go this way. But that would be, that's what I asked Brandon is like, I, I would still pick the Eagles. I imagine they'd be like four or five point favorites. But like that would be like that's the team you don't want to see. Like the Lions are the team that could go in and just ruin something that seemed super obvious. You know, I right. think the Chargers are kind of that way in the AFC. You know what I mean? Like, like we're all sitting here like, oh, yeah, Eagles are going to move on, whatever. You could see the Lions just showing up and like winning, like playing over their heads, winning one game they're not supposed to, and then getting blasted themselves the next week in the NFC championship game. Yeah, because that would be the NFC championship game, to be fair.
2: Well, I just think we're entering a, a playoffs in a couple of weeks here where just it I think it's going to be as wild as this weekend was where you just didn't know how games are going to go. It doesn't matter record wise. It's not going to matter seeding. And for a long time, I I just I felt like. Confident that the AFC would come down to three teams, but it's just been so crazy that, like, would you be stunned if the Chargers or Dolphins were playing in, on, you know, in, in a in a division round would you be stunned if they somehow met in an afc title game it would be surprising but would it be shocking i mean i don't know at this point i think the only i think There's the only i think the only be shock be available double. in the nfc would be the eagles losing and even that as good as the eagles are wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world and so this is going to be fun I, I i'm just so See excited it? for the nfl playoffs
1: the current NFL playoff picture. The only shocking thing to me would be the Giants beating the 49ers. That would be the only like holy crap that actually happened thing. Um, I do want to say about the Lions that we can touch on the Jets briefly. So they had their bye in Week Six, and then the next week they got destroyed by the Cowboys and Dak Prescott's return, twenty four to six. The next week they lost by one possession to the Dolphins. I don't know if you remember that mm-hmm. it was a while back, thirty one to twenty seven. Since then, so basically, since the day before, since since Halloween, they have lost one game mm. and they have won six. They're six and one post Halloween. The lone loss, that very close game at the very end that they dropped to the Buffalo Bills. That's it. Like, I mean, they're they're a, a crazy. You know, Josh Allen throw to Stephon Diggs on Thanksgiving away from winning seven in a row.
2: And their next three games, the Lions are the at the Panthers, which they should be favored, right? I we oh, battle of the cats. We we actually probably have though that that. I don't know what the spread is now. Can you look that up quickly? And then the Bears, the next week, at home, I believe the Lions should be favored again because they're at home. And then at the Packers... There's
1: three-point favorites over the Panthers. Yeah,
2: and then at the Packers... I would think that that would either be a toss-up or I, the Lions might be slight favorites in that. Well, yeah, maybe maybe Green Bay would be like one and a half or two and a half. I'm
1: I'm sick of like oh Aaron Rodgers is going to do this when like all the evidence this season points to the contrary, right? You know what I mean? Like he has yet to, except for beat the Cowboys, he has had to do like the Aaron Rodgers thing we expect. But it would be very Aaron Rodgers to to like for the Lions to need that game to have won. You know what I mean? Let's be what liberal there be? and
2: say that the 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 Packers, the most they would be is like four and a half point favorites, but still. I don't think it'll be that much. I'm probably in the two and a half to three range, if if I'm guessing at this stage. What you have is three two games where you're gonna be favored and then three very winnable games to get yourself in the postseason. So Lions are spicy. And and I think on the NFC side, it's the Lions and on the AFC side, it's the Jaguars of that thirteen seed and March Madness that you're just a little unsure about if you're the four seed. You know what I mean? It's that team that has you know, they're a little quirky. And can stun you if you're not careful. So I'm um, looking for this. If you can buy me some time for a moment here. Oh, here we go. Uh, Jeremy
1: Reisman, uh, who runs Pride of Detroit around here, tweeted this out early Monday morning. The Lions playoff odds per 538. If they go 3-0, and they have a 96% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. And of those three games, what do you think is the most likely loss? If you had to pick one. Mm.
2: Maybe the Bears. Maybe the Bears. So
1: if they go 2 and one and lose to either the Bears or Panthers, 52% chance. That's
2: so still, still
1: good. more likely than not. Um, and even if they go 2 and one and lose to the Packers, 48%. So, you know, just you never I just think those, that uh, defense the
2: has, I think that defense has some question marks. And Justin Fields is just ridiculous right now. And I could just see one of those. Justin Fields, right. this is the game you remember. He spoiled the Lions' chances right before he became one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Type thing at the end of the year, and I, I, I don't know. I'm pegging him for that. And ho- and are we
1: ready to? Um, a lot of people hope. We ready to bury the Jets?
2: Yeah, let's do it. I mean, what do you think? And
1: it's not really their fault. It's Zach Wilson's fault. You know what I mean? Like Mike White's injured. You know what I mean? Like you just this isn't going to happen. You're gonna they're they're going to drop to seven and eight on Thursday night, and at that
2: point, it's just too difficult. Mm. Yeah. I, I like the I like the Jags on Thursday night. I don't um, I don't like the Jags on Thursday night. I should re- re- rephrase that. I like any team in the NFL against Zach Wilson at this stage. The Jets don't are
1: favored. The Jets are favored right now. Yeah, go get your bets in. So
2: go get your bets in because uh, they're not respecting um, Trevor Lawrence yet, and they should be.
1: All right, let's let's fly through some of these games. Um, everybody was all in Oh, the Panthers. They're coming to the NFC South. I correctly no big deal uh, pick the Pittsburgh Steelers to win because I just do not buy these Panthers um, yes the NFC South is terrible but still 24 to 16 the final score Mitchell Trubisky gets the win Um uh, a- a quiet 17 of 22 for 179 yards. But Najee Harris um, kind of had the, the biggest day, I would say, of any Steelers player. TJ Watt um, got onto the stat sheet with a sack. Uh, just kind of a dreadful performance for the Panthers. Like, you know, th- it was cute and fun, but th- they're not one of the NFC South. I, I just I just I'm not buying that storyline.
2: It's a shame that they had a dud here because of the Buccaneers losing. They would be right there. You might have a team in that NFC at South that is hosting a playoff game that has an abysmal record and it might be Tom Brady. Well, they're they're one Bucks
1: loss away from being a below 5 from having a, a below 500 record, the division winner. Cuz every team has nine losses except for Tampa. I don't so even once think once Tampa gets nine.
2: I don't even think the Panthers are out of it yet even with this loss. That's how bad the division has been. They're not out of it yet at 5 and, and 9. And they
1: still play the the Bucks in week 18, so you're right. I mean, it could swing. That's that's what we're paying attention to at Blog of the Boys. Like, Cuz it's 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 Dallas at the NFC South winner, right? Like that's what this is going to come like, down to. Most likely, uh, yes. But, yes. Most likely Tampa, but um, Sam Darnold sacked four times by the Steelers. As Rachel notes, uh, this was supposed to be quick. Um, is Are the Steelers going to win out?
2: Get above 500? I hope so. That's been something I've been quietly rooting for. I want to mention this to you, RJ. The Buccaneers are under some pressure now. As I'm looking at the standings, what I'm realizing is every other team in the division is five and nine. So if, w- if one team puts it together, the Bucs are going to be uh, under under steam to to finish up strong here
1: amazingly the bucks you're right so the bucks five and six and eight excuse me this was supposed to be about the panthers apologize, uh, but yeah. every other team five and nine so the bucks lead the division not only with a six and eight record they have the worst point differential of all four teams <laughs> they are negative uh, 41 is this tom brady's and, and like,
2: last year you think after this disaster
1: I, so Tom Brady is six and zero against the Cowboys, right? Sure. And so the, the Bucs um, have the Cardinals on Sunday Night Football because that's what we really need. Um, but so like we think that's what, we'll get to the Cardinals momentarily. Um, so once they get to seven wins, again it, it could go any way. But like it's it's difficult to see it not being the Bucks. It would be sweet retribution if the Cowboys did end Tom Brady's career, right? Like if if the Cowboys go to Tampa in in the wild card round, win, and Tom Brady retires and never plays again, that would be a point of satisfaction. Uh, for me, after going zero and six against him, but I mean, you can't put anything past him. Like and again, it's supposed to be about the Panthers, but like, let's just go ahead and transition yeah. as we're talking. The Bucks uh-huh. lost um, to the Bengals, and so we'll get to to Cincinnati soon. But like, like that that will live in my mind forever. Like, I do not want to go to Tampa. Like, I don't care how bad they look. I yeah. don't care about any of it all. I do not want to play Tom Brady in the playoffs, no matter what.
2: I I don't I could see why why you wouldn't. And and I'm I'm surprised that they did they have to keep Tampa Bay and Arizona as the Sunday night game because of Christmas like they you couldn't switch the times yeah, there
1: so. So there are only just so everybody's aware there's only three games on Christmas It's, it's going to be so Christmas is Sunday uh, it's going to be like Saturday this past week where there's a noon game, a three o'clock game and a night game. so the the true sort of like NFL day this week is Saturday. the majority of games taking place on, on Christmas Eve. Um, so yeah, they can't move it because it's Tom, you know, Tom,
2: there's only there's only three games Tom game. I mean the buccaneers are going to they should win out you, you would think with the Cardinals Panthers I don't Falcons. know. but
1: look. We don't need to spend time on the bad team. Cincinnati got this win. They are super impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they they find a way, dude. Like, I mean, I really, really, really like this Bengals team. i I more... So then I thought I was like, oh, Oh, man, now we're really looking at Tampa winning this thing. And they came back and outscored them from that point on 34 to six.
2: I'm not (laughs) not sure if everyone got that robotic RJ mode, but I I think you froze up for a second. But you're just saying you were impressed by the the fact that they were able to stay with it and come back being down 17.
1: Yeah, they they were down 17, nothing and outscored them 34 to six. And those six points were in the final minute of the game kind of garbage time.
2: Like the Bengals dug in and changed. I think most impressive, too, is is the four touchdowns from Joe Burrow, but it wasn't, it wasn't this Burrow chase thing. They went to four different receivers. Right. It was chase Boyd, Wilcox and Higgins. And you're seeing that trust from Burrow where we, we know about the top three receivers, but even adding a fourth to the mix and just finding a way, I, I think was impressive. Like you, you talk about that, that chiefs game and how the stats were so impressive, but they don't, you know, were flirting with the loss of the Texans. These stats weren't all that impressive, but it was grinding and finding a way. And it was the defense defense gave them additional opportunities. I think that's a very underrated part about the Cincinnati Bengals is just how strong this this defense is and in providing Joe Burrow short field and opportunities and timely and just an ability to beat the elite quarterbacks of the NFL. And that that's what makes Cincinnati a, a scary proposition and they're right there. I mean everyone's talking about the Chiefs and Bills in the AFC. It could play out in a way in which the Bengals sneak into that position, too, which no one is really considering at this stage. And I think that's a mistake.
1: I agree. I think Joe Burrow is the most hiding in plain sight elite quarterback. I, I think everybody acknowledges that he's really good, but he's more than that. You know, so what I mean? he is. elite. Let's
2: just be clear here about the Bengals and their situation. I, I, I covered the Chiefs. I, I'll tell you, I, I believe you I that. believe that they'll win their final three games against the Seahawks and then the Broncos and then the Raiders. But
1: but if they don't, the the Bengals one Chiefs loss gives the Bengals control, control over their because destiny. they
2: play the Bills and they have the tiebreaker against the Chiefs and
1: and they play the Ravens and have an opportunity now to win the AFC
2: North. They needed that. Yeah, and 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 like let's just even take the way of the Kansas City part out of it. I think they'll beat the Seahawks. That's two division games. Like you really never know what can happen in a division game, especially when the division just seems to play the Chiefs tough. And and. The, the Raiders are a team that still kind of has a little something to play for, and they got the Raiders on the schedule. I, the Bengals aren't, I saw, are I still in I saw it. For, they're, they're very much in it for the bye, is what I should say, especially with the Chiefs sort of playing down to their competition at the moment.
1: That's that's the way Joe Burrow wins MVP. That's what I've talked about before. Um, You know what I'm saying? And so I don't know if you saw this, the NFL teams this season are three and 10 the week after playing the Texans. And that obviously includes a Cowboys loss um, yesterday. Uh, But you're right. So one. So the Bengals need to win out and one Chiefs loss. And they're the ones in the AFC. Um, which would, and that would also presumably knock the Ravens down from the five seed to the six seed, uh, which we talked about with, uh, with Mike a little while ago. Uh, so congratulations to the Bengals. Let's get through these two very quickly. Uh, the saints beat the Falcons 21 to 18, which leveled them in the NFC South. You could argue the saints should be six and eight, um, as opposed to the bucks based on last week. Uh, but 21 to 18, the final score, both new Orleans and Atlanta five and nine. It was Desmond Ritter's first start 13 of 26 for 97 yards.
2: Yeah, not, not much to to say about this one. It's, it's two division teams playing each other and the, they're both bad. I, I think Atlanta is seeing what they have in, in Ritter. I don't know if we've seen nearly enough. It's good that we're going to get to see him the rest of the season so they can see it.
1: That's why like they're out. Right. Like I, you know what I'm saying? The Falcons are out of the, 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 NFC South race. At least
2: And good on them for, for realizing that. And at least seeing what they, they have with Ritter in mean, the, the passing game wasn't great quite, quite obviously. But I, you know, this is a, a guy that's starting to get his feet wet in the NFL the Saints, I guess you could say that that they're still breathing, just because that division is so poor. But this feels like a throwaway game that's not going to matter in the in the grand scheme of things.
1: Yeah, I mean the Saints. I don't know the the Broncos messed up the most of all teams that traded away their their future, you know, top draft picks yeah. um, last offseason. But the Saints are right there, man. Like what? Like at least the Broncos, you could argue, like they believed in Russell. Like that that idea had flaws, but it made sense, right? Like mm-hmm. why were the Saints? What, what were they thinking giving up their first round pick? Like, it just, yeah. you know, it's tough scene um, in uh, in Orleans. But um, last one, before the last one, um, actually, we have two more to fly through. Speaking of, the Denver Broncos, uh, led by Brett Rippon, uh, beat the Arizona Cardinals in a game that Colt McCoy was knocked out of. So Trace McSorley, who has a very popular TikTok following, um, had to come in. The Cardinals stink. They're 4-10. and 10. The Broncos are 4-10. and 10. The only thing this did... Uh, was upset Mookie because um, all the fans of field goals now saw their first round draft pick of Denver worsen a little bit.
2: Yeah, I don't know about Arizona. I think it's a it's a team that's ripe for a regime change at, at this stage of the game. And you got Kyler coming back, and they're one. They've got one of the worst situations in the league. You know, at this stage of the game, with, with that situation, and then on the on the Denver side, you still with the backup beginning the game. We're down nine three in the third quarter, and and really needed to have a strong ending to your your day to win just two bad teams in bad situations and I think the one thing that these two teams have in common is that they're going to be looking for a head coach this offseason the Las
1: Vegas Raiders I have there are there are so few things it seems like could happen to where we could say, oh, I've never seen that before mm-hmm. in the NFL. Right. Like like but somehow, some way, like every season kind of kinda, kinda tends
2: to give us You're a well known proponent of the scorigami, as they say. You love this type of thing.
1: Well, this isn't a score agami. Thirty to twenty four has happened many times, but the way that the uh, Raiders play won Ga- this game, a play agami, if you will. Yeah, I I have never seen this before. Never ever in my life. <laughs> it, in any so like people freaked out about the um, the Titans interception yeah. that happened. Did you see this? The tip back in. Yeah. I've seen that before. Uh, it's like in two thousand seven mm-hmm. Oklahoma State did it. NBA Jam. But I have never ever seen this before. The game is tied at twenty four. The Patriots are for whatever reason throwing laterals. I mean, Jacoby Myers gets involved in Chandler Jones, former Patriot. I, I can't even call it picks it off. Cause it's technically
3: a fumble. I, you know what I mean? Like
2: I, I haven't thrown it backwards. I have some analysis of this. I think that <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is what I think happened. I think that they were in the middle of a play. And in the NFL, these players are always like, you got to get to a place of muscle memory. Right. So muscle memory means that, you know, you play best when you're not thinking about anything to me. This actually, in a way, hear me out, is on Ramondre. Ramondre should go down. He should not lateral it because I think once he lateraled it. So you're, in, you're saying before it ends up in Jacoby's hands. Yes, because once he laterals, laterals it to, to Jacoby.
1: Yeah, Jacoby
2: goes into lateral like He's like, lateral oh, mode. we're down because why, why would you ever in a freaking a million years lateral it? And because he's only <laughs> right. playing off of like his muscle memory. The muscle so, memory. Such
1: a great point. The muscle memory wow. of a
2: lateral is right. we need to score or we're done. And so in his, he his head, he's just like, we're, wait a minute. We're in, cause it's a three second thought. It's a one second thought we're in, we're in score mode. And I think he it's his reaction, his it's, brain it's, yeah, it's a, completely. And I don't even like, this is the, the, I know everyone's making fun of him. I don't blame him because someone just lateral them the ball in these situations. You're, you have to score the game's over. And so I just think so, he was going off of muscle memory, throws it back. And then all of a sudden it hit him. It's like, why, you know, why was it even lateral in the first place? Go down Ramondre. Like, what are you doing? I agree. Dude? Ramondre is
1: skating by as far as Blaine yes. is, is concerned here, but to me that that goes back to like the Trevor Lawrence thing. Like I told you about, like in the break, every, Doug Peterson has to be telling Trevor Lawrence, dude, the moment the officials yes. get set, like the clock's going to yeah, run yeah. right. So somebody, like whether it's Belichick or some, somebody, has to tell everybody before that play, no matter what. Do not lateral. You know, like I'm sure now people will say like, don't lateral, but like no matter what the game is tied, do not turn the ball. We're going to try this crazy thing. Do not turn the ball over. And to your point, Ramondre pulls at that thread first. Ramondre is the first person who literally turns the ball over, but we haven't even talked about Chandler Jones. What a stiff arm. (laughs) Poor Mac Jones, dude. Mac had no Jones on Jones
2: crime there for sure. Oh my gosh. Yes.
1: But like, I have never have you ever seen that before ever in your life that kind of walk off touchdown
2: no and what makes it even funnier is it's against the team the guy that's supposed to have oh, the, the guy so fundamental like a, a machine no mistakes do your job I thought it was telling that that Belichick went into the locker room and he essentially stayed, told the guys to stay together I mean this is this is a loss that could ruin your season especially the way that it ended and you know, I think he will have the guys ready next week but I unbelievable and it keeps the raiders alive and very barely right but but it does keep them at least in the mix if they lost this game they were done and if if they somehow miraculously pull this off we'll be we'll be remembering you know that that play but unbelievable and as as predicted or as predictable twitter erupted and as i said i feel bad for jacoby because i i just think he got put in a very bad spot and you know try to think try to think about when you played like youth sports or high school sports or whatever it could could have happened it could have happened where you're just you know thinking about what that means when someone laughs at you so
1: um wow um okay last one um we have to do it pete uh, start spreading the news the giants are not leaving today oh yeah The playoffs are coming for the New York Giants. What a huge win for the New York. Once again, good at football giants,
2: man. Get these referees some blue unis. Am I right? At the end of the oh, game, no, no, there. No, no, you so know, what?
1: I've seen. I've been watching football for thirty-seven years, and I ain't never seen a ref make a call as egregious as it, But
2: I'll take it. What it are you talking about? In. Of course, he had money on the game. I don't care. <laughs> Look at our Giants, eight and five now. We needed that win. I'm glad that they paid him gots off. All
1: we got to do is sneak in. Remember Eli against the Patriots. If it can happen, then it happened twice. Not once, but twice. You, it can happen again.
2: You think the birds? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they,
1: those dirty buds! You can't <laughs> fly in the winter. No, they gotta fly south.
2: Washington Commanders fans and their and their big hats have something to be upset about. This morning, the refereeing at the end of the game was was tough. I know that everyone's looking to have a big conspiracy about the. It was what? McLaren lining up at the end of the game. But if you really watch the clip, I think the referee is trying to point at that. He is not on it and he's trying to point it like, no, you got to step up. We don't know what was said. And so this conspiracy, this, this
1: exact same thing happened to Jalen Tolbert, the Cowboys rookie receiver against the Packers yeah. in overtime. And we, and we killed him for it. We were like, yeah. you can't make that mistake. And so like, I, I hear Terry McLaurin, but Terry McLaurin has to absorb some blame. I wish we
2: knew what was said. Cause I. I just can't imagine the referee would have said you're good and then thrown a flag. I know that like this is a a thing that happens all the time. The receivers on the line check with the ref to make sure. So I think there just was a miscommunication. I think McLaurin maybe thought that he said you're good and was trying to point at the line of like where he wasn't. That's what it looks like to me. I know that it's this is Twitter, this is Reddit, this is let's stock up videos and shine light onto the ref and blow it up and whatever and like people just assume that something was happening when it wasn't. Whatever. It was called. It took the touchdown away. It can't t- take it back now. It was an egregious pass interference in the end zone. There's no doubt about it, but I'd rather the referees eat the flag there than sometimes what we see is games decided on the wrong call. Call me crazy for that. I not, I'm not trying to like have Giants bias here. I love the WFT. People who have listened to this podcast know that I, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for the WFT. But it's a 60-minute game, right? And this was almost on its way to a tie again. Which would the Giants, deserved like, yes, the, the Giants deserve it? Yes, the Giants deserved it. The, the, the command, the I'll commanders played
1: poorly. Like I'll tell you, I'll they, tell you the what commanders the, played poorly. I'll tell you
2: what the key part of the game was. This is before all the you know the referee stuff you know even took place. Was Saquon Barkley? They're just you knew that they were running it, and Dude, they would, he was getting key, twelve like, yards. Oh my of freaking gosh. carry!
1: You you know. If that was the like that fourth quarter, like the icing of it, that was the most electric I've seen a running back look all season. Just like that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like he was unstoppable in the fourth. quarter.
2: Barkley is a fascinating case. You know, talk about this podcast covering the whole league. Barkley is a fascinating case when it comes to what does what does the league do with the star running back at this stage? Because I think it's a it's a worthy question. What is he going to get on on the open market? Are the Giants going to retain him? I don't think they're going to want to pay him what he probably would get on an open market situation. But then where does he go? Does he want to stay in New York? Does he take a little bit of that uh, Broadway blues discount? I don't know. There ain't
1: no place like New York.
2: You're right. There are times when he looks like the best running back in the league. You know, I think a couple other backs can say that Chubb and Henry are, are among them. And and yeah. Isaac Pacheco, Um, Um, Christian McCaffrey of our of the lovely San Francisco 49ers. But, yeah, I'm just I'm fascinated to see what happens with Barkley. And, you know, for Washington, it's still a team with something to play for. You you woke up in the after losing a division game and you're in the seventh seed. So just take care of business the rest of the way.
1: Agreed. I mean, that's it's it's all good if you're Washington. There's no need to freak out. Although, man alive, you got to visit the 49ers this coming week and they're playing for the 2 seed. Um and that could, you know, shake very differently. This week the Giants are visiting the Vikings and so if the Giants wind up winning that game, then the Niners obviously can take over the 2 seed, which is what they're rooting for obviously. Uh, the Giants though Pete, could benefit. The Giants are big Eagles fans right now even though they lost to them recently because if the Giants lose in Minnesota, they're probably going to beat the Indianapolis Colts. Right? I think we feel that way. Okay. Week 18. The Giants are in Philadelphia. Very, very, very possible that Philadelphia has clinched the one seed and the division, obviously, by that point in time. And any win, if you're the Giants, certainly helps keep you alive in the wild wildcard. When,
2: when you're Philadelphia, the way that Jalen Hurts plays, if you have nothing to play for, he sits, in my opinion, We'll see what Sirianni does. Sometimes I'll play a series just to keep their their feet wet. But you're right; that would be such a huge break for them is being able to play the backup in a game they they need to win. And let's be honest the, the Giants have become a team this year that can beat a backup. I think that's a safe thing to say. And so you know we'll we'll see what happens. But they're they're in good position. They had a little bit of a slip up here, but this was a big one for them last night of of getting into the playoffs, which would be a huge success for for New York and for Washington as well. Hmm.
1: It is time to welcome in Rachelle, who is perfect in every conceivable way. Um, Rachelle, first of all, are you somebody who opens presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Second of all, your big NFL takeaways. And third of all, of course, an F-Double MVP.
0: Yes, we open up our gifts on Christmas morning, not Christmas okay. Eve. Oh. So I'm not, a fan, I'm not a fan of that. Like, you have to be patient. You know what you need?
2: Uh
1: So like, it's like when your friends text and they're like, I got this and it's Christmas Eve, you're like, what's wrong with you? Like today's Christmas. What are you doing?
2: Nothing like a hot cup of coffee, right? in in your Santa mug (laughs) and you say, Merry Christmas, everyone. And you're unwrapping a little gift. You got the caffeine flowing (laughs) a little bit. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. Um, My uh, takeaways, I have a couple rookie spotlights I wanted to touch on. One got to give it from the Giants commander's game. Kayvon Thibodeau. Huge call. game, monster performance. He had 12 total tackles, a sack, three tackles for loss, a fourth fumble, and the touchdown. So big play, big game for him. And also, even though uh, the Falcons rookie wide receiver, Drake London, did have that fumble, I still think that him and Desmond Ritter, Or someone to just, like, keep an eye out on. I think that they have some really good chemistry. It's still early. They're young. But I'm going to be watching them. So they were pretty interesting to watch. Um, And then I got to give it to the Eagles Pass Rush, who were definitely going down in history, like, continue to dominate. Um, My points for today, I have to say, RJ was doing a phenomenal. Uh. He had it. I loved your point about like the bears and you know the darkest part of the night being behind them. I really like that p- point that you made. Also about the lions, you know, being the team that you don't want to see. Um, you had talked about the referees early, and I feel like you can't talk about the week fifteen performances from all the teams without mentioning the referees because they were pretty awful. Agreed. Um, but then here we go.
2: Here we go. It wow. came
0: down to Pete. I really liked there your point. On Justin Fields being the guy and how they need to build a system around him. Maybe. Although
1: the darkest thing was my line. Whatever. Yeah, both,
0: yeah, those are both on the Bears. Always
2: got to bring it like, back to the Ravens, baby. Whew, that's I love
0: it. <laughs> and what won it for me was your take on the Patriots' mm. wild play. Mm. Um, your analysis on that to me—it was, was a great point. It was a really, really good point. So R.J. was winning. I'm not going to
2: hold
0: you. call it a day.
2: comeback.
1: You Jacksonville Jaguared me, Pete.
2: <laughs> I did.
1: I blew a 17-point lead. We,
2: sh- wow. we, should, we, we didn't even talk about that. RJ, four days ago, went on a Twitter, wanted everybody to know there was one SB Nation do expert it. who picked the Jaguars. I did mention Cowboys. that. I,
1: me- I mentioned that <laughs> when we talked about this.
2: Not in detail, though. Like you, I wanted to make sure I, that everyone knew that you spotlighted this bad boy.
1: I also want to clarify, because I have to, everywhere that I have a microphone, for a little while, that my Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons tweet last week was a result of a lost bet um, that dominated my social media sphere for a very long time. It was very frustrating.
2: I, so. I, when I lost, I bought out of it. I sent, I sent the winner a fifty dollars Chipotle card, and I said, "I'm not doing this." So then, mm. keep that in mind for the future.
0: Mm. That's not fair. You're not supposed to buy out of it.
1: Rachel mm-hmm. revoke his no name, no, it, no, no, he, no he's no. he's not lying he really did no. that by the I way so it. I believe so, no, it no no we're, we're not it was a Chipotle gift card so he didn't even like you know burritos just, I endured three days <laughs> of misery on the <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah I'm not and, I'm not I'm not doing it I'm not doing that I no, I've, I've, no, I've, I've no. been picking better ever since so it's, I haven't had to worry
1: <laughs> um rachel i would like you to pick a christmas song a very popular one that pete has to sing a little bit of uh be careful we don't want to get caught with rights things right but just a little bit you know uh as, as we um we head on out so what christmas song do you want today's do- mf double mvp to sing as we tie a bow oh by the way i'm taking the packers tonight so
0: mm. yeah. okay
1: yeah uh, but uh rachel go for it pick the song please
0: i like destiny's child Gosh. Eight days of Christmas. That's a good
2: one. Eight days. I don't know if I even know how that goes. Oh, okay.
0: okay. okay, okay. Just do Mariah Carey. Um, what's, what's All I want for Christmas is you? All is I want you? for
1: Christmas All is you. For That's the yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, here we go. Let me just, let me, let me, let me let me, let me warm up here. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I need. I don't care about presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own, more than you would ever know. Make my wish come true, all I want for Christmas is
3: you. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of.